he should win. And I've never picked him in his career. And it's not because I dislike the horse like so many like to think. It's not true. I just never thought he was ever going to win. I believe he's going to win this race. And I don't think he's got much excuse. He should he should win. Period. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you Use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets. What is up, I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. It's Thursday. No, it's not. It's Friday, November 25th, and this is Blinkers Off. What's up, dude? What's up, man? How, how you doing? How you feeling today? I'm feeling good. I, I had a uh, very uh, uh, mild, um, very relaxed uh, day yesterday. It was actually kind of the the perfect day um you know to getting obviously today's our family thanksgiving um and i just chilled out the house all day yesterday watched every snap of every football game yesterday and you know what other than the the cowboys game kind of got out of hand a little bit late every game was awesome last night or yesterday every game was close that bills games kicked things off and and of course last night's game even was pretty good and so it, it was actually a solid day of, of, of watching three games uh, of football. I, I fixed a little bit of uh, uh, food just to kind of preview, you know, what I'm going to get today. Um, did some test runs on on uh, a couple dishes and then, uh, and then just drank a lot. <laughs> so it was a great day. Yeah, the football games were good. That Minnesota game was great last night. Shockingly, that was a great game. I totally did not think the when that thing kicked off, I was like, oh shit, these two teams. Because you know, you figure this is gonna be like a you know 17-13 kind of game or something like that because of but man, they were like both offenses were slinging it, and uh, Mac Jones had a career high in uh in in um passing yards. And dude, I mean, I, I get it that so we always we're always like the victim of like recency factor but is there anyone i mean is there anyone better than justin jefferson like this dude you just gotta throw it in his radius and it could be there could be six guys around him and he's gonna catch it he's hot right now he's red hot that's the thing you know and that so yeah right now he's definitely the wide receiver in the league that everybody is gonna clamor over because he is red hot right now he has looked very very good he basically won the bills game for him yeah, last night, just big play after big play. He he is a stud at the moment, and it's amazing how much better a quarterback looks when they have a wide receiver like that because Kirk Cousins was like, wow, he's he's not bad last night. So it is amazing how that happens. I know, right? Um, and it is funny, too, when you see a guy like Je- uh, Jefferson or, you know, there's you're, you're obviously several guys like that in the league, Not maybe not to his level. But the point is, is like when you see them play – 
And then you see, like, uh, I don't want to throw a bunch of guys under the bus, but some like the average to like above average guys. There's you, you realize how big of a difference there is in those wide receivers, how elite and then not elite there are. You because you know, these guys, everyone in those stadium, it's like it's like Kelsey. Everyone in the stadium knows this guy is going to get the ball, and yet they can do everything. They have the best, you know, the best DB or whatever, you know, cover you trip three guys on them, whatever, and he still gets it. And it's just when you have that kind of elite talent, it's uh, especially in the NFL, man, it's uh, it's pretty special to watch. Well, those guys make a lot of money because there's not many of them. Same with quarterbacks. There's just not many elite players. And that's why, you you know, they can get away with what they can get away with at times and why they get the salaries that they get. Because you're right. Uh, everybody knows where the ball is going and it doesn't matter. And that's it's hard to explain. You got 11 guys out there on defense and still but two, three guys on, on, on a receiver, on a tight end like Kelsey, and it doesn't matter. They still get, you know, catches. It's like, how is this happening over and over and over again? That's what I'm saying. Like, you look at a guy, I'm like, you know, like I'm thinking Christian Kirk comes to mind just because he got a big, um, a big payday going to Jags and he's a good receiver. Don't get me wrong, but he's, he can't do that. Right. You know, whenever, you know, like you can't say, you can't triple cover him and be like, I'm still going to throw it to him. No, you shut him off. That's how you do it. Right. And so um, it's just special. These elite guys, anyways, talk about elite. How was yours at Thanksgiving, buddy? It was good. We hosted this year. So that was awesome. And Heather did a great job. She, uh, she, she got everything ready for us and it was good. And then everybody else brought stuff as well. It was, it was, it was a good one. I liked it. Usually we have to travel, go an hour there and back. And so this year we were just at home. So it was great. I, en- I enjoyed it immensely. So how is the Cracker Barrel um, Thanksgiving <laughs> stuff? No, no, not this year. That was <laughs> not the case this year. <laughs> so so Heather whipped it all up herself? Yes. Well, I mean, most of it. Yeah, yeah. Did it like, what, did, did you guys like host host it? Or was it like people bring bring their own dishes and stuff too? Yeah, there was a little bit of both. Like we hosted it. We had the turkey, the mashed potatoes, green beans, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then people brought desserts and then people brought other stuff too, you know. So it was it was a combined effort for sure. But yeah, it was it was good. I I uh, I have always had to leave the house for Thanksgiving, so it was nice yeah. to leave your own home. That was that was fantastic. What did you guys do for the turkey? Did you did you deep fry it or how'd you do it? So there's a place in town that does smoked turkeys, and I really love smoked turkeys. So we went and got one of those, and man, it was good. And it was really good today. I ate it, I ate some for lunch right before we got on the show. A smoked turkey, I don't know if you guys have had one or not, or if you've had one or not. They are great. Very good. Dude, so good. And yeah. by the way, is there is there a better – I don't know that there's a better meal um, uh, than leftover Thanksgiving. You know, like that, that, this hits, that hits special, especially like, did you, did you make a turkey sandwich? Yes. It might be better than actually Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because you have that feeling of like, oh, Thanksgiving. You're like, ah, oh, leftover turkey. Yep. It, so, I don't know why we don't eat turkey all the time. Like it's the best. <laughs> we never eat it other than like one or two times a year. You know, it's weird. I, I, I actually had that same thought. Uh, I'm, I'm a big, I love stuffing on Thanksgiving. I just do. I always have, but it's like another one. Yeah. I'm like, I actually bought it the other day. Um, it's been about a month or two ago for the boys. Like, I, I don't remember what happened. I was like, I've literally it not in my life made stuffing other than on Thanksgiving. 
And I was yeah. like, why do I not do this? I love stuffing. Anyways, it's just like it's funny how there's those certain uh, things like that, or you know, yeah. green bean casserole is another one. I love green bean casserole, but I literally have it like Thanksgiving and Christmas maybe, and that's it. And it's just like, why do I not make this more? I don't pumpkin get it. Pumpkin pie. I know. Why not? You know, like pumpkin pie. That's great. Everybody loves pumpkin pie. I have it once a year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a pumpkin pie guy. I'm an apple pie. I don't know. Well, okay. Apple pie, we have more than once a year. So there you go. Yeah. There's you that. can have your yeah. pumpkin pie. Um, anyways, so it's been a solid uh, solid uh, Thanksgiving, I think it sounds like. Uh, mine's kind of today. But uh, today, speaking of today, we've got the racing really kicking off here. I know we had some yesterday, but the, the stakes action, obviously, today and tomorrow being uh, Thanksgiving, you know, the day after Thanksgiving, Friday. And then you have, I mean, you got the Clark this today. We'll talk about the Clark. So, uh, Richie Strike, can he can he get back in the winner's circle after, uh, of course, upsetting in the Kentucky Derby? And, uh, you know, don't blink, man. You've got Derby and Oaks races tomorrow. So uh, I don't know how good they are um, moving forward, but we do have them. Listen, off-season's over. We get two weeks of off-season in horse racing, right? The two weeks after the Breeders' Cup always suck, but it's over <laughs> because – this weekend is fantastic. Next weekend, we get the Cigar Mile, and then the Derby preps just kick off and go crazy. So, yeah, this is awesome. Uh, I'm glad that we got some of the big horses back. And like I said, it, it's, it's, uh, we're right back to it. This is one of the best times of year, uh, some of these races in, in late November and early December, because it's, it's, you know, some of those Breeders' Cup horses are now back. And like I said, today is one of the ones that probably the most talked about horse of the entire year is running in Rich Strike. So, I am uh, pumped to talk about that one as well. Um, but yeah, racing really starts to heat back up again after the the Breeders' Cup lull. It's uh, officially over. Well, let's just get to it because we got what about mm, five hours, a little less than uh, the post time for the Clark. So today's show, we're going to preview and get picks for today's seven hundred fifty thousand dollar Clark Stakes, Grade One Churchill Downs. We're going to get some rapid fire selections for tomorrow's major stakes races including the kentucky derby and kentucky oaks prep races at churchill downs as well let's go and you got uh, you got big shoes to feel halterman you know that you uh you were off uh i feel like i have i mean we talk every day but i feel like you know you weren't on bleakers off a week ago mm-hmm. um so much filled in we did the pick five uh and dude that guy you know He's efficient. Like we we had that we were we were in and out in less than fifty five minutes, and uh, I was not used to that on blinkers off. I was just like, "Damn, dude!" Like you, know, you and I just kind of bullshit. We we're, we're we we can have an hour and a half podcast easy. Um, and so yeah, you got. Let's see if you can see if you can do that. See if you can handle you know kind of bringing it back down to a little bit of an hour episode. How many how many races do we have? Six races today. One two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should not last over 45 minutes. With we literally are talking about six races. So. No, no, five. I mean, I guess if you want to, we can talk about the comedy a little bit. So, yeah, yeah I guess you right. can count six. But, yeah. Um, no, I mean, these races aren't spectacular. And you're right, by the way. Like, it feels like, uh, it, it, I don't know about you. I mean, we're always doing something. But that these last couple of weeks, you're just kind of, you almost feel like, what am I, what are we doing here? You know, kind of like, uh, I'm ready for something to happen, you know, especially mm-hmm. this year with flight line, uh, you know, being gone. A lot of the big horses are, are re- retiring. 
Um, you know, obviously, uh, Taba's not, uh, you know, then some of the two-year-olds are, um, you know, we're kind of waiting, you know, obviously we have two-year-old racing, but we're waiting for the big dogs to kind of become three and really show. Uh, so it's like, you're just waiting. It's a lot of wait, wait and see right now. And it, it's, it's annoying really, <laughs> honestly. So, uh, and by the way, like you talk about, cause you got Thanksgiving obviously, and then you've got some big great ones coming up. And then of course Christmas. And then like you said, like we'll blink and it'll be, we'll be talking in January February and we'll be talking about legit three-year-olds towards the Derby. So it really is like two weeks of just where you don't have to necessarily think about anything because then it just, it's, it's gone. After that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the two-year-olds, uh, you know, the first Derby future wager pools this weekend. So that heats up as well. So there, there is a lot uh, that goes into the Derby each and every year, but it really starts right after the Breeders' Cup. And I guess you could say right at the Breeders' Cup. That's really the first major prep where it means something. And now it, it just kind of builds from there. Let's not forget, we'll talk about the Kentucky Jockey Club coming up on the show. That was a major key race last year when it came to the early Derby prep. So, um, yeah, it, you never know when you're going to get a really important race. And it it has a chance to be good this year. There's some interesting ones that we're going to go over. For sure. But before we do, let's do a little, uh, let's do a little Clark action here. And, uh, yeah, I got a horse that uh, people seem to know and like, maybe, or don't like. <laughs> Depends who you are, Rich Strike. Uh, let's do it. today. Later today, Friday, uh, race 11 at Churchill Downs. The grade one $750,000 clark stakes uh it's going it's for three-year-olds and up going a mile and an eighth and field of six scratch down to field of six with trademark being uh out but let's look and let's start with who everyone's going to be talking about who really should not lose this race number four rich strike your kentucky derby winner um really since that 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 day uh, had disappointed the belmont but since then has not ran bad at all he hasn't won but he, he would definitely i think is from someone like myself and i i think you may be a little bit like like yeah like whatever rich strike like just go away after that craziness and of course he sucks in the belmont just go away you know and then he's like you kind of start to say okay well like i he's not as bad as i thought he was but he still hasn't won halterman so he's he's gotta win here right that's the thing. He only has one win out of all of his starts. And so that's that's the bad news. Here's the good news. He's better than the rest of these horses. And he's certainly been facing better horses than what he faces here in this spot. They haven't done him any favors about where they spotted him. He has been in some of the toughest races you could possibly run in for a three-year-old. And really, this is the perfect spot for him. He has no excuses in this race. Bottom line, he should win this thing. He's the best horse. He loves this track. Uh, the last time he was at this track in the Lucas Classic, if his jockey wasn't an idiot, he would have won. Yeah. I mean, if he just would have rode the horse, simply put, couldn't put it any more simpler than that. If he just would have rode his horse, he would have won the race. He got ahead, and then all of a sudden, Sonny Leone decided to try to elbow Hot Rod Charlie, and all of a sudden, Hot Rod Charlie gets ahead because Rich Strike's like, what are you doing back there? It, it, I literally think the horse like lost the focus. Anyway... Get to this race today, <laughs> he should win. And I've never picked him in his career. 
And it's not because I dislike the horse. Like so many like to think it's not true. I just never thought he was ever going to win. I believe he's going to win this race. And I don't think he's got much excuse. He should, he should win period. I mean, let's, let's, I mean, we, we picked against him in the Belmont. He finished sixth, beaten 13. We picked against him in the drivers. Obviously he finished fourth, beaten five and a half epicenter. I mean, we, we picked Hot Rod Charlie. We, I mean, that's the funny thing. And all those races we picked against them, we picked the winner. I mean, literally, we picked yeah, the winner. Hot Rod Charlie Flatline. We picked the winner every time. So the people that bitch at us for hating Rich Strike, we picked the winner every time we picked against them. It's cra- I, I, It's so funny reading our comments on, on YouTube. It's like every time we don't pick that horse, oh, the racing dudes hate they hate Rich Strike. And it's like, well, we don't hate really any horse. It's just you got to try to pick a winner. So, I, listen, this is, this is like, a, this is allowance race. I mean, honestly, this is not, this is a terrible stakes race. <laughs> I mean, this is bad, let alone being a grade one. You, you could, you could, you could see this field. And, and if it had, you know, grade three or even a listed stakes, you'd be like, yeah, makes sense. That's probably what it is. And the fact that it's a grade one, listen, which strike should win? And, but yeah, at the same time, like, I don't know how you have confidence in picking him here. I mean, I, I'm going to, he's my top choice, but it seems like he just, fi- he's found ways to lose. Now, I get it. Like, he's been facing flight line, he's been facing Hot Rod Charlie. And you can argue, like you said, that he should have won Epicenter and Zandon and Cyberknife, Cyberknife, Mo Donegal, Ness. You know, like he's been facing some good horses. Don't get me wrong, but he just kind of feel like it could be another instance where he runs really well and, you know, West Willpower or Proxy um, still beats him. I, they shouldn't. <laughs> you know, like, proxy is yeah, never a stakes race. You know, I mean, but proxy's probably a horse that has got the shot to upset him because he's around. He's been against tougher horses, uh, maybe not tougher horses than Rich Strike, but tougher horses than the rest of the field. So you would think proxy could could maybe be up there, but he really probably shouldn't beat Rich Strike. West Willpower, he is kind of an up and comer. Maybe that's one that you know can get out in front, and Rich Strike can't catch him, but. He should catch him. It's just that simple. And you said it, man. I mean, it's it's so weird how you know people. I've been called. A, you know, I have an East Coast bias. I have a West Coast bias. You know, I hate horses. I, this and that. It's like people really, honestly, and truly don't understand. A, I'm from the Midwest. So I don't give a damn what coast they run on. And B, I just handicap the race. And if I don't like your favorite horse, I'm sorry, but I'm just trying to handicap the race. And here I am, even though I hate Rich Strike, supposedly. I think he's a single. I, I don't I don't think he should be beating this race. I mean, I don't know. I'm having a hard time. Marla says she's worried about Sonny. Um, yeah, who, who's he going to try to elbow this time? But no, I mean, I, I have a hard time. I. It's weird because on paper and everything about it he is a single he he's very much the best all his numbers are better than these horses you're right i think proxy is the one that i, I almost pulled the trigger on proxy uh for my win for my top spot here because uh maybe like you said just he's older he's kind of he's experienced but he doesn't have that win it just i have a hard time 
getting there. I, I don't know. Like, I, if I if I'm in a single rich strike, I'm kind of closing my eyes and just hoping he gets the job done. I have I don't have a lot of confidence in it. I'm not as confident as you are, I guess. Well, look, and 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 that's another thing with Sonny Leone. Everybody wanted to crown him the greatest jockey to ever live after that race. And it was a fantastic ride, a ride of all rides in the Derby. But the bottom line is he's not a fantastic jockey. He's just not, he's, he's just a regular guy. Right. And he doesn't ride in these kind of races ever. Right. And so you've seen him do some things where it's like, why did you do that? Like, why did you take him off the rail in the Travers? When he was rolling up the inside of that track, why did you do that? Why did you do what you did in the Lucas Classic that we've documented? He may have cost him a win in the Lucas Classic and a second in the Travers. He absolutely may have cost him that. I think you can make an argument that he did. Again, the Kentucky Derby is a one of the all-time greats, but it's gotten a little shaky after that race. And I think even Rich Strike's biggest fans will say, it's gotten a little shaky after that race. I mean, the proof is in the pudding there. I, I Marla, I, I understand why you would be worried. I get it completely. Logic tells you it's a six-horse race, so he shouldn't get in traffic. And I think as long as he just rides his horse, he'll win. But I also could get your side of it, Marla. It wasn't a big field the last time, or, or the two races back over this track. He looked free and clear, and then uh, that happened. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens today. But again, from talent-wise of this horse, he's the best horse. It's really hard to debate that he's not the best horse in the race. And don't you think? I mean, yeah, obviously the he, there's a, jockeys are going to be committed to other other you know, other horses and things like that. But considering he's ran since the Derby, I mean, you get why Sonny Leon is on the horse. Maybe even in the Belmont too. But, uh, you know, the Travers and Lucas Classic and the Cl Breeders' Cup Classic and now this, like, you you got to think Reed could get about anybody he would want to ride this horse in these races. Like, say, Irad or something. Like, if Irad was on this horse, <laughs> you would have so much more confidence. Um, I think this I would, and I think a lot of people sounds like would as well. Um, it's just he's committed to Leon, Sonny Leon, man. Like, he just he, he loves that guy. I, I I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I know they have a long history together, but he's not hes not leaving them, is he? It's its kind of a catch-22 in a way, right? Like, give him credit, man. This guy won the big races for him. You stuck with him. That's admirable. The other side of it is, boy, did this guy maybe cost you a couple times after that. And look, again, if something goofy happens and the jockey costs this horse the race, it, it's time. It's it's simple. It's time. I don't think that's going to happen again. I think we're going to see a win. If he loses and it's the jockey's fault, you have to make a change. You just have to. And I think he will, honestly. It's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you got like we got a quarterback that, you know, just played out of his, out of his mind one game and, and upset the Super Bowl champions or whatever and just unbelievable. And then like next couple, three, four games, he's, he's thrown multiple picks, cost the team several times. You get to the point where you're like, okay, obviously he's very talented. He ran, he had a talented effort that day, unbelievable effort. But how many times can we keep rolling him out there if he's going to continue to cost the team? Um, and that's kind of what like you can't take away that ride. That ride in the Derby was unfucking believable. Like we'll, we'll we'll talk about that ride and that effort and that performance forever. 
But then you go back and you say, like you said, like you watch the Travers and you watch some of these other ones. You're like, uh, I don't know. That was weird. Why are you doing that? It could be a situation where in the Derby, everybody just, you know, whatever he did in the Derby, it wasn't really going to matter. Right. Like there was yeah. no expectation whatsoever on him. And he, like I said, he was loose and free. And now that the microscope's on him, maybe he's overthinking things because here's the deal. He's not a bad jockey, right? He's just not an elite jockey. He's just a guy. He's a he's an average jockey, I would call him. Well, an average jockey should be able to win today on Rich Strike. So, and, and, you know, again, maybe he's just overthought it. Maybe, you know, that it's that kind of thing. But we'll see. Here's the thing. Every time this horse runs, no matter what, it's a story, it seems like. And we got another one today. All right, let me ask you this, and uh, I know you talked about this uh, a little bit in one of our videos on YouTube. Make sure you guys go subscribe to our YouTube page if you haven't already. But all right, so he he wins the Derby, uh, of course, in upset fashion at eighty to one. He finishes uh, fourth in the Travers, second in the Classic Lucas Classic, fourth in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Say he wins this race, uh, which may give him two Grade One races, uh, the Derby, and of course this one. Uh, is there any case you can make for him being the three-year-old of the year? You know, there's a lot of weight that goes into the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. I mean, there will be a, a case made for him. I don't think he is the three-year-old of the year, no matter what happens today, but there's going to be a case. And the case is simple. He won the Kentucky Derby and he has another grade one win against older horses. And that goes a long ways. I said on the video, if you are a voter, don't, just be lazy and say, well, he, he beat grade one company against uh, older horses. Like if it's a close battle, look into who they've beaten. There's probably what four or five, three-year-olds that would be a strong favorite today in this race. Like this is not a legit grade one race and there's not real great, you know, older horses in this race. So uh, you, you think about a, a cyber knife or an epicenter, obviously if he's healthy or a Taba, they're all going to be big favorites in this race. So yeah. Yeah, he deserves credit for it, but look into it and say, okay, it was a grade one, but it was pretty shaky. Like, for example, the grade two Lucas Classic had much better horses than this grade one Clark. Regardless, though, you ask the question, is there a case? And the answer is yes. Two grade one wins, and he won the biggest one of the year for a three-year-old. It does go a long way. He certainly would be a top three finalist for the award. You'd have to be, yeah. right? I mean, how? because you got obviously Epicenter. Um would be, you know, would be the top of the list, uh, and probably Taba and Rich Strike, right? That's got to be your three. Yep. Um, and you look at those three, and it's like Taba never could quite break through. He does have multiple grade ones um, to his names. You could give him that. Uh, did finish third in ahead of, uh, of Rich Strike in the Classic. So there's that. Um, and then, you know, the thing with that episode that sucks is it's like he got hurt in the in the race. Like you just you didn't if he gives it any effort whatsoever, I think he kind of puts to bed. I, I at least I think so. Puts to bed any kind of, you know, it's like, well, obviously Flatline is winning that race, but he ran good uh, underneath. But the fact that he just he didn't run right because he got hurt. It, it, it created a little bit more of a, of a question mark here on the three year olds, I think, especially if Rich Strike goes and wins here today. Yeah, I mean, like Rich Strike wins this one and uh, Tabo goes out and wins the Malibu. I mean, I, it's going to make things more interesting. Again, I think it's Epicenter, uh, but, you know, what if Rich Strike wins by 12? 
today? And what if Tabor wins by eight? You know, the, that's things that could happen, and and that will play into it. So, and the fact that over, I think you, I think voters look at at him too, Epicenter to to discredit him a little bit, and they look at the Derby and they look at the Preakness, two races that he probably should have won and he didn't. You know, yeah. and uh, certainly the 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 the, the Derby. Um, now the Travers holds a ton of weight. So you have that and the horse has done nothing but win really or run well every time he's, you know, touched the track. So it's like that would, to me, if, if he didn't win, that would be, that'd be tough because he's ran so good all year. Well, that's, that's the other thing. You just said it right there at the last all year, right? He has been at every big race. He's been in it pretty much. And, you know, in every race, but obviously the race he got injured, which is just you draw a line through it, he's shown up and ran extremely well. Uh, he, he won a lot of them. He got second in the two big ones. But, you know, it it, it it just seems like Epicenter is the winner of this thing unless something outlandish happens. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a bummer because it will make things interesting. If this horse wins here, and then, yeah, like you said, Table wins the Malibu. It'll definitely... You have that recency, right? You the last time we see Epicenter um was the Travers technically because he didn't finish in the classics. You kind of have that looming over him. And so you're gonna have to really hope that the, the voters have you know look at that body of work versus the recency factor of of Taba finishing third in the classic, winning the Malibu by 10 or whatever, you know. It's like that's gonna be troublesome a little bit um if you're an epicenter. Uh if you're hoping he wins, which I think he should. All right. Rich strike. <laughs> he's the play they they go off later today um i believe that post time is at 4:56 east central so 5:56 p.m. eastern time race 11 the clark stakes today friday is <laughs> rich strikes chance to get back in the winner circle and get another grade 1 can he do it make sure you guys watch you know if he would have won the lucas class classic which he should have and then when this one boy would he have a very interesting case mm -hmm. yep and you could say that i think a lot about a lot of these like True. if uh if Taba would have won the haskell yes you know he makes a huge and, and say he outlasts olympia just enough to reach second in the classic and he also won the pennsylvania derby and he won santinia derby and if he were to win the malibu dude i think he might win it you I think know? the Haskell, if he just wins the Haskell, I think he would have he would be the winner. Yeah. It's yeah, and, and same with same with Epicenter. If he if he can just if he can just hold on to the Derby, done. Case closed. Boom. You won the Derby, you won the Travers. I don't care what happened. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Just and that's the way it's felt all year with these three-year-olds, right? It, you, we kept waiting, right? We got even got to the we after Rich Strike, like one of these horses, like Epicenter just needs to win one, you know, Modonigal. Oh, well, then he gets hurt. Um, you know, so it's just, it seemed like, you know, Taba really, really, really good, but then they rushed him. And then of course they had to sit off of him for a while and he couldn't do that. And so this seemed like all year long, you kind of waited. And then Epicenter is like, okay, he wins the Jim Danny. He wins the Travers. That's our horse go, you know, and then he, you know, gets hurt in the classic. And so it's just, it seems like all year long, you just have that, that three-year-old that's just on the cusp, but never quite kind of solidified him as the clear best three-year-old even the even even going in you and i both were like man we can't wait because you get the epicenter versus Taba. we've been wanting to see these two match up again and see really who's best and you know unfortunately we didn't even get to see that so 
Yeah, even that got muddled. Yeah, yeah. Well, you said it. Epicenter lost early voting in the Preakness, and that's the thing. <laughs> that's it's like okay, we got upset in the Derby. Big upsets do happen in the Derby, but right there, it's like, dude, that's the one you really, really needed, and that and there would be no talk if you would have won that. So. Oh yeah, I know that's just it. There's so many close victories or non-victories that you that could have just kind of solidified things, and it just it didn't happen, you know. Yep. All right, let's do some rapid fire. What do you say? We got uh, Aqueduct, Churchill Downs, and Del Mar to talk about here on Saturday. So you guys can relax a little bit. That's all we're gonna talk. Oh, by the way, let's talk uh, before we move on. I believe let me bring up that race. Um, what time does that race go off today? The Tomley uh, grade three at 314 Eastern today for Philly's three-year-olds at Aqueduct. You got Kathleen O making her return to the track. <laughs> Haven't seen her since uh, the Oaks, man. And of course we met her in the Oaks and she was not good in the Oaks. What do you got? Well, I picked her to win, but I'm not overly confident today in her. Uh, I hadn't been seen in a long time, like you mentioned. And I think it's a good spot for her to return. It, it makes sense. But there's a lot of horses that are in form coming into this race. And that's always a little bit scary. Uh, I spread in this race. I went three or four deep here, but I did use Kathleen O. Um, I'm really interested to see what happens. You know, if you would have told me, Hey, after the Oaks, she's not going to run until the day after Thanksgiving. I said, well, I'm not going to pick her in the Oaks. Yeah. You know, that's just the thing. You just, she, she obviously didn't come into that race doing the, all that well. And so, I don't know. We'll see today. I I, I think Shug McGahee wouldn't have her out there unless he thought she was ready. So, I, I think we'll see better from her down the road. But I think she'll run okay today. It's hard to know. I mean, she was really bad. Um yeah, she did debut at Aqueduct and won, of course. So, you know, you got to remember, like, that was her first loss. And, frankly, her first, like, she was never really close to losing. And yeah, she just was not not good whatsoever that day. You know, faced some good horses. You know, Secret Oath and Huge Nest obviously was in there as well. Um, but still, like, this was not never, you know, we, we had a, bet, a big bet on her that day. And you, you, it was one of those where you're just like, well, never even gave us a run on that one. <laughs> no. And you look back, she did get beat by some pretty damn good horses. So there is that going for her here. These horses are not what she has been facing in that race. But at the same time, you're going to have to show up and be ready to run. And that's that's the question mark to me. I think she's better than these horses, but is she better today? I'm not sure. Secret Oath, Nest, Desert Dawn, that one sucks. Um, and Echo Zulu, all beat her. All Three out come of back. were really good. All of them are, are very good horses. So, yeah. Um, well, not as they're done, but yeah. Um, nostalgic, who's in this race, wasn't she beat that day? Um, mm -hmm. That's it, maybe. But yeah, I mean, she's the best horse in this race. It's just a matter of figuring out if she can, what she is, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, Rob says the only Falconette is the only other horse he wants to use other than Kathleen O. Well, and again, I think she's I don't I don't dislike Falconette, solid horse. I think she's better than Falconette. Is she better today? Is questionable, and I kind of agree with Rob. I think Falcon Falconette's one I used, so I, I'm I'm with you on that. Um 
that's a horse that's in form, right? I don't think her ceiling is as high as Kathleen O, but right now, maybe. Even if she doesn't win, um, if she runs good, like if she gives a good effort, like obviously she was a monster last year at Gulfstream Park. You got to think that, you know, definitely a, a prep in that direction of getting her, you know, ready for the this, mm-hmm. the 2023 season um, at Gulfstream, the championship meet. I mean, she'll be, she'll be tough there just because we know how um, – how that track can play and obviously she likes it yep i agree <laughs> time for rapid fire presented by our black friday special now through sunday receive 50 percent off any subscription for the first month promo code gobble that's right g-o-b-b-l-e use promo code gobble and you'll get 50 percent off any any subscription for the first month so any of our you know if you've been been holding the holding waiting for the time to to buy one of the our you know multi-month passes and you don't want to spend the money on one of those well they're half off now so uh you can try that and then of course you get it for uh depending on what you get a couple months and you can uh, obviously get yourself ready for the season as we kick into the 2023 season so yeah the black friday special goes now through the end of day sunday use promo code gobble to go get your hands on a 50% off subscription. All right, Halterman, let's uh, let's go to Aqueduct on Saturday. Race nine, the Red Smith Stakes, grade two, 300K for three-year-olds and up, going one and three-eighth miles on the turf. Field of 12 lines up here. And I, I chose this race over the other one at Aqueduct, the other greatest stakes race, because I felt like this one is, is just itching for an upset. Really a tough race to handicap, I thought. Soldier Rising at five to two. Makes a lot of sense, but you know you got to hope that the the, the class relief is going to be enough to uh, to get him in the winner's circle. What do you think here? I think it is. I think it's going to be enough. If you look at what this horse has been facing; it's it's pretty darn good, right? Yeah. And there's not like you said this this is a pretty solid race, but there's really not a heavy hitter. There's not a Gufo, and there's not a warlike goddess in here. That was the two two losses for this horse. And I mean, within a length of winning the grade one sword dancer, and then within three and a half of winning the grade one Hirsch, I, I just feel like the class relief is going to be enough. Uh, I feel like there's enough speed in here to kind of set it up for this nine soldier rising. That thing was, I don't love a lot of the prices. I, I don't know how good the, this race really is as a whole. I didn't want to take a horse like highest honors at five to one. If the horse was 12 to one, maybe I just don't know that he can finish the job. I thought long and hard about the number eight temple almost picked that horse. Me to too, win. Man. But in the end, I just think the class relief is too much. I think we're, I think soldier rising wins this one. You named the horses and I'll throw out another one. And actually the one that I'm, I ultimately put on top, but uh, I, I'm with like, listen, soldier rising. It's, it's all about the class relief and I would all be using soldier rising and everything. Um, but the horse that I ended up putting on top was the, uh, the three Balthus yeah. uh, for, for Chad Brown. You know, this is a, if you go back and watch that Sycamore, this is a horse who got, got himself in all kinds of trouble. I mean, Franco, I, I would, I kind of, the one I would have loved to seen like a, a jockey change here. Not like Franco's is awful, but you got, I mean, this horse got in all kinds of trouble in that Sycamore, um, last time out and then finally got out i mean way late into the stretch and the horse started picking him off was flying late so i think the horse just we just need a decent run to see what this horse is you know this horse three well, had three wins in a row going into that sycamore 
So you got to think the horse, you know, you didn't get the chance to run very much in that race. I think, you know, you're getting, to me, I like the three over the, uh, over the, uh, the one, the other Chad Brown. So, uh, Balthus for me is a horse that I, I think is like a, I need to, I need to see him again. So I'm going to use him, uh, here on top. I also really liked, I'm with you, man. I almost pulled the trigger on Temple several times, but kind of felt like it seemed like the race is, is going to be wrapped. You know, that's a horse that finished second in that same Sycamore race. Um, kind of came up late uh, to get second. But yeah, I mean, I like uh, those two and of course Soldier Rising as well. Yeah, Temple kind of feels like a Soldier Rising Junior in a way, you know? So we'll see. <laughs> well, you know, and you, it's like, you know, we know what Maker can do with the horse that, you know, it's amazing what he does with these turf horses, especially these turf distance horses that seemingly looks like their you know, the career might be over or not quite good enough. And then he just gets another like another level off of them and yep. and then especially when it doesn't look like they quite can get it done you see them enter a race like this and what do they do they go and win you know it's just it happens all the time at, at a price too so i'll be using temple and everything um because i do not want to get beat by by maker um at eight to one no doubt but uh yeah i'm gonna try to use the three here three uh for me three eight nine i like all three of those uh as well. So, all right, Balthus for me is my top play. Let's go to <clears throat> go to Churchill Downs <clears throat> on Saturday. <clears throat> we got two uh, Oaks and Derby preps to talk about here. Race 10, the Goldenrod Stakes, Churchill Downs, Saturday, grade two, 400K, Phillies, two rolls, mile and 16th. Field of 10 shows up here, Alterman, Kentucky Oaks. Prep race 10, 4, 3, 2, 1 for your top five finishers. Uh, you know, and you look at here and it, do you trust Amos and Morales even money on Hoosier Philly? Yeah, I'm not going against this horse. I, I thought the race last time out was just fantastic. And I think if she runs that again, I think they're in a lot of trouble today. I get the connections aren't like the most powerful, but. I think this horse is really good. You also look at the pace that should set up here. Look out. I, I really feel like she's going to sit a nice stocking trip from the inside and then going to be let loose. I think she's going to be really, really tough in this spot. So, yeah, I like Hoosier Philly a lot. Yeah, I mean, let's. Uh, the way I looked at this is like connection-wise, everything, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to beat this horse. This is how I approach it. Then I start to look through them, and then you look at, you know, this this four is just really good. Um, I, I don't really care who the connections are. Five hundred or a two hundred five hundred thousand um, dollar purchase horse uh, into mischief out of a tap at mare. Uh, this horse has debuted at five and a half furlongs and stretched out to mile sixteen at Churchill Downs in the slot, but still um, just just destroyed them. I mean, this horse seems like we'll want to keep going long. So I think it's a combination of I think she's just better than the rest of these, and I didn't, I couldn't land on a horse that i felt confident in picking to beat her right that's the other yep. thing yeah that's just it there's some ones that are kind of interesting i i was kind of looking okay like who's the sneaky mcpeak horse and it's like yeah <laughs> the 10 i i don't know maybe right <laughs> like maybe the 10 at 15 to 1 makes sense to put in there but yeah end of the day i, I just i just think that the four hoosier philly is going to be pretty darn tough that race last time out looked really easy for her, too. She didn't really act like she gave a lot of effort in that one. So she looks pretty darn good. 
I love the the running line for the four. You know, of course it was in the in the slot, but splashed away, frolicked. Yeah, frolicked. She was having fun that day. Um, love love the mud. She's a mutter. Um, but no, I'm with you on the ten. I just could never get there, but it makes a lot of sense from like kind of the McPeak. I wish the horse would have drew a little bit better all the way to the outside. Showed a lot of speed on last time out. Um, maybe you could make a case if the horse would be drew like towards the inside a little bit and you know try to take this thing gate to wire but horse will have to be really good better than i think um but you'll get a good price i think on the 10 i might i think there's another one in the next race that you could maybe play as well um for that make peak special but yeah uh any like any confidence in the four moving forward i mean obviously this is an oaks prep 10 points to the winner um doesn't get you in, but it gets you close. Any, I mean, where's this horse kind of, what do you think the, the the future holds for the four? Should be pretty good, right? I mean, this horse should be one that if, if she wins here, she leaves Churchill Downs three for three, and she'll probably go down to fairgrounds. And I would think would be the favorite in some of those early races there at the fairgrounds where she can kind of progress up down the road. She looks pretty good so far. I mean, I I can't you can't knock what you've seen from her so far. So yeah, I think she's got a pretty solid future. All right, let's go to the next one. Race eleven, the Kentucky Jockey Club Stakes, Grade Two, four hundred K for two year old males going to mile sixteenth, and of course Kentucky Derby Prep Race, ten four three two one for your top five finishers, Bill Nine Alterman. Uh, and you know, not the favorite, uh, almost the favorite though. Another Amos horse. Uh, can Amos go the the double here with Curly Jack at three to one? I'm not gonna lean towards Curly Jack in this spot. Although you could definitely say the horse is a class of the field. Uh, won over this track two races back, and then was fifth in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. I'm actually gonna go go with a horse that got beat by the Breeders' Cup Juvenile winner last time out. That was number eight, Instant Coffee. It happened in the Breeders' Futurity at uh, Keeneland. You know, Instant Coffee got way behind in that race, made up a lot of ground, and kind of flattened out late, and which was kind of understandable. Uh, Luis Saez jumped aboard that day, stays aboard here. I think this horse is pretty solid. I, I think the horse will move forward off of that effort. And like I said, got beat by Forte and Loggins, two horses that are really, really good. And I, two of the best horses in the crop right now are those two. So I think Instant Coffee is going to be a tough one to beat in this spot. I, I like the Brad Cox runner. Uh, another favorite, I know, but I think this is the one to beat. It's unfortunate, though, I feel like, because with a horse, with a rate, with, with a name like Instant Coffee, like, you just know this horse is not this horse is not going to be very good. <laughs> right. I just, I, I'm, I'm a huge believer in that. Okay, it, it, it doesn't work every time, but it works a, like almost all the time. Instant coffee. I, I just can't envision like instant coffee winning the Derby. Right. Instant coffee winning the Arkansas Derby. Like maybe that, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest. We know Brad Cox can do right. that. But um, no, uh, this I think he's dangerous here in this race for sure. Uh, I'm. This race felt to me a little bit like I need to take a swing. Um, not maybe a huge swing, but I just didn't have a lot of faith in all any of these. And, and again, like I think there's, I think this race is interesting moving forward. I, 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 Cyclone Mischief is a horse that, I, even though I can't stand Dale Romans in terms of betting the, uh, his horses, um, but 
every once in a while he's got a horse like this that can win a big race like kind of out of nowhere maybe it's not this one maybe it's down the road well-bred horse uh so that i think that horse has got future uh running in a lot of, at least a lot of races that we're going to talk about moving forward instant coffee of course we talked about that one um red route one another one uh you've got uh curly jack of course who's kind of and then you know dennington for mcpeak i mean you got to think you know a gun runner horse might we'll see this horse a few times how about this horse number six freedom trail at six to one i i'm kind of using the angle of if this horse is as good as he was on turf moving over to this race i think he'll be pretty tough here um i i don't love i was hoping we'd get a little bigger bigger price maybe we will than that six to one has not lost uh you go back and watch that awad stakes at aqueduct uh belmont at aqueduct um that was really good like that horse was way wide got pushed out wide, even wider and just cruised late uh you know is obviously may, maybe looks more of a turf horse breeding wise but the fact that they're trying this makes me wonder if they at least think this horse maybe uh, can handle the dirt and listen uh, you get flow aboard uh, and i think that if this thing the one thing i can count on it's this horse likes the distance will be coming late just a matter if he takes to the dirt but if he does i think you look at the numbers with this horse and they're very comparable to a lot of these in this race on turf mind you i get that but if the horse can continue to improve on dirt then he's in the he's in the ball game he's interesting for sure it's like why are you here type of uh situation yeah he's interesting um you know horse like elected out of a war front mare so you're you're not quite sure uh if the dirt is going to be uh what he does best but yeah i get it i you mentioned cyclone mischief that definitely feels like a romans that's going to win one of these big races i totally agree yeah it might be saturday or it might be down at Gulfstream. it just you do have that feeling that has the look of one ran decent on debut next time out really looked good we may see this horse pop here a race or two uh, and, and look good. So I, I am really interested in Cyclone Mischief as well. I mean, all that you know, everything goes okay. You got to think we're going to see this horse multiple times mm-hmm. um, as a three-year-old, right? Um, you just the, the, like you say, breeding-wise, uh, you know, obviously had a good enough effort last time out to where that probably if he runs well here, especially. Um, <laughs> well, even if he doesn't. <laughs> He probably probably will a few times next year, but no. I mean, to be clear, like I don't necessarily think the future's bright for the six uh, Freedom Trail in terms of the, the Derby, you know. But I I do think maybe the, the setup here might might work out well um, to upset some of these that I don't. That I still am kind of on the fence with, and so um, taking a shot a little bit here, but I really not a lot that could happen in this race. I don't know about you. But no, I feel like not a lot in this race could happen that would surprise me. I agree. Yeah, it's not a you don't have that heavy hitter like you do in the other one. And yeah, I mean, I guess the two winning would be a surprise, but the rest of them, no, would not be that big of a surprise. Well, hey, you know, um, I don't know. He, he won at Saratoga. <laughs> that's, all I, that's all I got. Uh I, I would be shocked, but it's Lucas, so you never know. I, I mean, at least if that happened, we'd be happy about it. 
Um, Absolutely. Yeah. We would just laugh and say, wow, he did it again. Unbelievable. It's like, oh, that's a horse that's going to run in 12 different races before the Derby last next year. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's going to run in uh, every stakes race at Oakland. He's going to run in probably the Lexington. And he's going to make sure he gets enough. If you run, that's the thing, if you run enough races, you'll get enough points, right? Maybe. Right. Yes. That's how that works. Um, all right. I don't think there's any future number one picks in our draft coming up next month, but uh, in this race, but. Uh, obviously, it is a derby prep race, so lots on the line. You like the eight instant coffee. I'm taking a little bit of a shot uh, against here number, with number six, Freedom Trail. All right, let's go. You know, and that's one of those races, too, that's just like, I, I maybe I'm completely wrong, but I just couldn't, I don't think there's enough in that race to, like, to, it just felt like a race that I needed to try to, to beat these like kind of horses that are going to be bad. I, I hope that six to one floats up. Cause I don't like that price to be honest, but yeah, no, I get it. And I think it will. I think, I think the Cox horse is going to take pretty good money. Yeah. Based off of the running lines, you would think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go to Del Mar to, to cap this off race seven. Sea biscuit handicap on Saturday, grade two or 250 K for three year olds and up going one and one sixteenth miles on the turf field of nine lines up here and really it's all over the board in terms of who you like number one santine at three to one seven to two on hong kong harry the three horse you got a couple four to one smooth like straight and beyond brilliant set piece at five to one brad cox brings set piece out west uh, all right smooth like straight we'll, we'll start with him because that's a horse it's like i almost i'll be honest i didn't pick but i almost picked because he just felt like okay he gets the class relief finally this horse runs in every big race feels like and just isn't quite good enough hasn't won in forever uh it seems like smooth like straight we know he's gonna be on the lead but can he hold on i couldn't do it i i, I wanted to as well i was like he's just lost so many in a row and i'm rooting for him but i, I couldn't do it i I'm making history on this show because I've never picked uh, Rich Strike to win a race, and I picked him. I've never picked Santin or Santine to win a race. I'm picking him. I, I just feel like he's wow. in a good spot here. Um, a lot of good, not great horses is how I would describe this race. You know, like Master Fox sounds pretty good. Hong Kong Harry, pretty good. Smooth like straight, obviously good. Beyond brilliant. Set piece. But, you know, those horses, they... They just sometimes struggle to close the deal in a race of this caliber. I'm going to go Santan. I, I don't know that this horse will be favored, though. I, I don't know if the morning line is going to be accurate here. This would be a tough morning line to make. I don't know. I think Santan might be like that 7-2, to 4-1 to one type horse. We'll see. I could see Smooth Like Straight going off the favorite. I could, honestly. too. Um, this is a horse that's, you know, just run. Like I said, it runs in every big race, but hasn't won in over a year last time he won was what may of 2021 um I, I, honestly i'm a little surprised you didn't pick set piece um i i'm you, sick of him you've quit him right <laughs> I, it, and honestly this is the type of race he definitely wins i just i it seems like i pick him every time and sometimes he'll win but most of the time it's like yeah, I'm kind of sick of watching you like run up for fourth, you know. And I just, I don't know. I couldn't get behind him this time. Um, you know, I, I, I I'm with you. I honestly, I, I don't pick set piece really all that often. But uh, I almost, I, I wanted to pick here and I couldn't pull the trigger. Kind of maybe the same reasons. Um, you had, I, 
listen, I, I don't, maybe, maybe the horse isn't quite good enough. It kind of depends on what numbers you look at. I feel like if you look at time form, the horse is a little bit of a cut below. If you look at buyers, the horse fits. I went with number three, Hong Kong Harry. I, it's just hard to, hard not to like this horse after, you know, coming over here um, in the U.S. has won every race but one, and that was Yeti Reed uh, earlier this summer and got beat by Masterpiece. Uh, just didn't quite get there. But, you know, the horse has ran great every single time, including last time out, the Dillon Mile, uh, where the horse just, you know, edged away and won, and Pratt was aboard that day. Pratt was aboard on the debut. Pratt's riding here. I think the pace sets up well, and, you know, the horse likes Del Mar. The distance doesn't really necessarily concern me. At about 16th, the horse has never ran about 16th. The horse ran a mile, ran, ran a mile on eighth. It's one, you know, has won at both. So I don't necessarily think that the, the mile 16th is going to be an issue. Hong Kong Harry, for me, I just think this horse might be the most uh, talent slash upside uh, of the bunch. I've always liked him since he came over. So I, I can't argue with that one. I, I like him a lot. Uh, I think he runs his absolute best race at a mile. So, but it's just a mile and sixteenth, so he should be able to handle it. it, it also, I, I think the concern with Hong Kong Harry is he runs a really good race and just isn't quite good enough to get to whoever. Um, you know, whether it be Santine or uh, you know, you know, there's no doubt. Like that's the thing too. Like you got to consider. Like even if you don't like somebody like Straight, I don't think he can get the distance. Like. They're going to have to come get him, right? Someone's going to have to come get him because we know that horse will be in the lead. We know he loves Del Mar. Six starts, two wins, four seconds. So the horse never finished worse than second at Del Mar. Um, even though the distance maybe not is not premier for him, he does have a win at this distance, two starts, one win. So, like, him being on in the lead, like, midway through the stretch is not out of the out of the realm right whatsoever right. so someone's gonna have to be good enough to come chase him and come get him so that's the concern who's gonna be that horse um even if he's not quite good enough uh at this distance someone's gonna have to do it so we like straight is super dangerous for me i like keen him in second i think makes a lot of sense just trying to figure out who who's gonna win here you like number one santine i've got number three hong kong harry <laughs> so you did it we did it we we're an hour show yes we've done it that is uh Pretty amazing. She said it, right? She said it, yeah. She did. She's looking good in that video. She does look good. She's is that uh who is that? Rick Flair's daughter. Yeah, that's Rick Flair's daughter, Charlotte Flair. Yeah, she's hot for sure. <laughs> I'll watch it for that. That's um, I, 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 dude, I, the the boys they're really into, or Cohen is at least into, uh, like, um, oh, the the uh, shit, the boxer who's the boxer that does YouTube, and his brother does uh, does the wrestling. He's a wrestler, YouTuber. Uh, um, why can I not think of someone? Help me out here. Logan Paul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Logan. Yeah. Um, and the, who's the who's the boxer? I don't know. Come on. I don't know anything about boxing. Jake. Jake Paul. Yeah. Um, so anyways, they're they're yeah, thank you, yeah. Andrew. Um, so they're big into Jake Paul and like not as him, but there's like a there's a there's a little boy, like he and his family, they have a YouTube channel and they're friends with Jake, and so they're gonna watch that anyway. So they know Jake. 
and um, they get there's some so videos pop up randomly of, of Logan and doing the, the the wrestling stuff. That dude, he's I think he's got a future. I know he just hurt his knee or something, but that dude's got a future in wrestling because he's not afraid to like do like the most crazy ass shit, like the aerial stuff. Yeah, he was awesome. He was awesome. Yeah, and he that was just like his first or second ever match too. So think about that. That's pretty wild. And they put him in there with Roman Reigns, who is the champion, right? They did it basically yeah. just to get a huge draw, and it worked. And but yeah, I think he's got a big time future in it. I don't know if he wants to do it or not. That's the thing. He may not want to do it. You know, he's making so much money doing all the other shit that where he doesn't blow out his knee. So right. Yeah. You just don't know if you want to actually wrestle, you know. But yeah, I, you know, and I, I've watched enough with you, just or you've telling me to watch something where it's like some of these guys are awful. They're yes. they're wrestling. It's like that dude. I mean, it, it, it's enough for me who doesn't to give a shit about wrestling to to be interested because I'm like, that's like that. I, I'll watch a dude like do aerial shit off the top ropes and jump off the top rope to and crush the announcer's table you know what i mean like that's that's pretty cool he's better than 85 percent of the wrestlers that do it day in and day out i would say so think about if he actually did it day in and day out he would probably be one of the best like like i said if you could come in right now and you're one of the top 15 percent of wrestlers mm -hmm. and then you actually like i mean he trained it's obvious he's trained right but like if he actually like focused on it full time he might be the best wrestler we have so be, that's well, pretty incredible, really, to think about. Well, don't you remember he uh, he had he was kind of before before Jake got really into the fighting or to the boxing, uh, you know? Because Jake's his thing is like he fights all these like washed up MMA guys and things like that, you know, like celebrities or you know, or not celebrities, but like or retired basketball player or whatever it is, like, and it just, it brings in a good draw. But it's like he, and he looks really good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but he's not beating anybody. But don't you remember before that, Logan had that big pay-per-view with Floyd Mayweather. I don't know if you remember that, boxing. Yeah, no. that, that that happened first. And they had this huge, uh, uh, you know, pay-per-view. And it was, you know, they they basically, like, neither one of them, you know, it was one of those things where it was clearly a money grab. But um, point is, is like, any, which they have like the number one podcast in the world, I think. Um and so it's like if he he has the following and the kind of people to where if he got into wrestling like was like a a guy you know like that would be a huge draw for for whoever whether it be you know whatever uh, company or whatever you call them <laughs> uh, decided to to or got him you know because they would it would bring in a lot of people uh, to to watch him do that kind of crazy shit so well it got a huge amount of attention and yet like I said if you get him for more than one show a year there's yeah you could do a lot with it and it, but again it's just it's the same thing the guy is pretty successful it does he want to fly off a top rope you know three times a week for two years i probably not <laughs> you know he probably would rather just do his podcast and make millions doing that instead i know yeah. i would rather do that if well, I shit, they're gonna you know to, for what he's what he's worth what he's bringing what he's gonna what he would bring yeah. to the table you're going to have to pay him a ton of money. Um, yeah. And they, yeah, they probably don't want to, <laughs> probably don't want to do that. So yeah. Um, uh, Bree wants to know when the next tournament is. That's what is that next weekend? That uh, cigar mile. Yeah. That'd be next weekend. Yep. Yeah. 
So Cigar Mile is going to be our, our last, I believe, unless I don't qualify, then I might have a couple <laughs> hidden ones until I do. Um, no, the last one prior to the championship, uh, December 26th for mm-hmm. the Malibu. So let me pull that up real quick, how many we have currently um, qualified right now. We've got, I believe it's like, 30 35 we have 35 entries right now 35 entries some of them are multiple you know we have a handful five six seven maybe that are double entered you know have two mm-hmm. but 35 entries so imagine if we get 15 more it's going to be about 50, uh, 50 people playing in that thing for a winner take all um, again oh. make sure uh like i said you got that 50 percent uh promo code going on right now enter gobble um and and it's a good time to do that because if you are a premium subscriber you do get that bonus if you win the thing the, the cash bonus if you win the thing um so it's a good time to go ahead and subscribe and of course play in these tournaments so yeah be on the lookout for that we'll start promoting promoting that um after the weekend uh, all right so all the time we have check us out at racingnews.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our handicap products page, click the Get Racing News Premium button at the menu at racingnews.com to learn more. Remember, we're on Twitter at, at Racing underscore News, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find all episodes of Blinkers Off by visiting our podcast page, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all the places you listen to podcasts. We are there. The Magic Mike Show, they are there as well. Del Mar, Sunday late pick five preview, I believe, is what they will be doing. I think it's later today, right? Yeah, four o'clock, I think. Four o'clock central. Four o'clock central, the Magic Mike Show previewing the Sunday. Late pick five at Del Mar. Um, final thoughts, Halterman. Uh, anything on your mind, football related? Any anything going on in your world that uh, you'd like the people to know about before we end this thing? Gosh, honestly, no. <laughs> I don't have a lot. You know, you got nothing going on. I don't. Oh man. Um, <laughs> uh, no. How good. How how good are the Bills? Oh, right now they're not very good. Is it is it an issue with? See, I think I think they're yeah. They're, I don't know what the deal is, but they probably should have lost yesterday. Um, the with quarterback a, with doesn't have his arm. Like he has no arm. He doesn't have his arm. The defense isn't playing as good as they used to. They you know losing a couple players. Von Miller he's out for however long now. Um, Feel like the defense isn't quite as potent as it was um, in years past. When you kind of and then yeah, with him obviously, and I don't know much about the injury, but it just feels like you should be resting him to get it better. Versus, I don't know if like will it get better or will like on with him playing will it get better? I don't know. I don't know. It's it, he needs Tommy John surgery, is what I've heard, and I don't know what that means as far as can you how can you play when you you aren't getting that i don't know i don't know what that means i've never had that uh, i don't follow that but uh pretty, yeah pretty, it's pretty phenomenal though that he's if he does need tommy john that he's still out there slinging the ball he can't throw it down the field is the problem uh he he definitely can throw it but it, it I, I, he can throw it down the field. It just does. The ball doesn't have that zip on it. And that's, it's almost like, 
I don't know. It's like they're they're like a shell of themselves offensively because of it. Yeah. Um, but he's got, got his feet. He's obviously super dangerous that way. Um, yeah. They're a well coached team. We've got good running backs, um, good good receivers, and you know things like that. So it's like I don't think. I mean, they're still a very talented team. Don't get me wrong, but they're not the same. It, it like uh, three weeks ago, let's say, it was like Bills Chiefs, Bills Chiefs that order by the way um and then it kind of has flipped and now all of a sudden it's flipped and you're like it's chiefs and i don't know who else like i feel that to be honest as a, as a obviously a huge chiefs fan it's like the Bills scared the shit out of me they beat us already this year they beat us in the regular season you know obviously it's like he's like him that team and the Bengals are the two teams when we play where i'm like ugh this could go, this could go bad um, either way. And honestly, I, I don't feel like it's like, I look at both those teams. I'm like, we should be both of them. So. If, if you lose to the Bengals, you're trash this year. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I, um, I, think, I think Burrow is, he's, he's legit, man. So he's legit, but their team is not legit. That's the thing. Like the team is le- like Burrow is great, but the rest of that team is not that good this year. Um, Miami. I think right now that's kind of the scariest team. Yeah. Um, Miami's good. Tennessee's not scary. No. Well, no. The bills, you know, if he's healthy, that's scary, but the way they look right now, they're not, you know, so the biggest thing is you should have it at home. Yeah. I'll tell you what, every, every week that goes by our chiefs, uh, I think you said 49ers too. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Chiefs 49ers prediction looks better and better right now. Um, every week it feels like it's getting, um, you look at the, the NFC side. I, I think the way they're playing, the way that defense is playing, like they definitely should get there. Um, at least be in the NFC championship. I'd be surprised if they're not. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is really the only, if they had any quarterback whatsoever, I would feel a lot, better, a lot better, because. But he, I mean, he's he gets the job enough done, I guess. But he's, he's he's the weak link into that whole team. So he's he's not good. He's not good. Uh, but they they that's like the opposite of the Bengals, right? Like the Bengals have an elite quarterback, and the rest of that team is just like it's just garbage sometimes. This 49ers team has no weak link other than the quarterback. <laughs> so if they can trade for Joe Burrow, I think you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going to. So I, I think they'll handle them. It, to me, anytime the 49ers play a great offense, while they'll be able to slow that offense down, they won't be able to slow it down enough to score enough points to win. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a lot like when they played the Chiefs before. Case in point. Like you said, that game and the Chiefs defense that year was not great by any stretch. And all you needed was him to make one or two plays late in that game. And he couldn't get it done. Right. Mm-hmm. And it just could like, and that's, that's the issue. Like when a team smacks you in the mouth and you need him to make a play, he, it, you, he can't do it. That's no. the issue. Like they're, he's he's great early in the game, and when they're running their 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 system and getting CMC involved now, and of course you've got a couple good really wa- good wide receivers, and you've got Kittle, and like they're good. But then when they get smacked in the mouth, and it comes time for the quarterback to make a play, it's tough, man. 
they, they, they have to be on schedule as an offense. Yeah. If you yeah. get them off the schedule at all, all hell's going to break loose, you know? Now, they're very good at staying on schedule because they've got elite players that could control their offense. But when you get them off schedule, they're screwed. And well, look at the game earlier this year with the Chiefs and 49ers. Once the Chiefs just came out and just blasted them, they were completely up against it then. And they just they kind of threw out the window what, what they could do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it made him have to win the game, and you knew that he wouldn't. Um, final Final question. Because I know you're a huge OBJ fan, I am actually. But everyone in every time I look on social media, it's they're talking about where he's going to sign. Right? That's all you hear about where he's going to go, where he's what contenders he's going to go to. You have to bet hundred dollars. Who is he going to? I I thought it was Dallas. Like I is that not a done deal? Mm, no way. I've heard multiple like Dallas Dallas the Chiefs actually are are being talked about quite a bit. Um, I've heard, uh, I think I heard the 49ers even surprisingly, uh, I, I, I would say, uh, I would say Dallas. I would still say Dallas. I think if they, if he goes to Dallas, yeah, that is, I, I've always, and I think CD is a beast, but I just think he needs another guy with him. And I think Gallup, he played good yesterday. Um, really good. But he needs another one A, one B out there, you know, mm-hmm. to to thrive. CD does, in my opinion, and having OBJ that would be huge. That would be they would be tough. Um, now I don't know. Now that Tony's gotten hurt or shot, you know, it's a hamstring. Maybe the Chiefs try to go after him. Um, I don't know. I, I if I my, my money would be on Dallas. Though. It seems like they're kind of coming up with that defense and you know because obviously he's going he wants to go to a team that's he thinks he's gonna win the super bowl basically yeah and, and honestly who needs him most more than anything is, is his team well the rams right um but they're out i think they're out of it at this point so yeah they're out so that doesn't matter um yeah i i think i think dallas kansas city uh i mean those two make the most sense to me the 49ers I mean, he would fit in well with the 49ers, but I mean, Dallas, Kansas City are the two that make sense to me. Let's see here. The the favorite is the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Green Bay Packers are the second. I'm looking at uh, bookies.com. There's odds. Um, Packers are second. New York Giants are plus 450. So going back to his old team. The Rams are plus 500. The, the Bucks are plus 650. And then the Chiefs and the Bills are plus 1200 so he's like cowboys or pat you know the packers are the, are the team that would by far and away need him right yeah um there's their cusp of being out of it though you know so well they the packers is clear they're not going to do anything no no they're not um giants would be interesting because i don't think they're an awful team necessarily but I don't think he wants to go back to New York. So, yeah, I think the Cowboys makes the, makes the most sense, you know. Jerry's going to bring in as much money as probably as it takes. So, yeah. All right. There's your weekend uh, weekend football preview. Um, all right. Everybody, have, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. If you're doing Thanksgiving today or tomorrow, I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. I cannot wait um, to get my turkey on as Ultimate uh, has already beat me to it. We'll see how it goes. To, um, if it, 
I heard that we had a mom made the turkey yesterday, so we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll give you a review. Oh, I don't think it's smoked, though. It's still good. Any turkey's a good turkey. Any day you have turkey, it's a good day. All right, I'm Jared Welch. <laughs> be there in Halterman. Good luck this weekend, guys. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs> This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes 